Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 187, the C murder of Sodes. Uh, now, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be forthcoming. I'm going to be open. I'm going to peel back the curtain. The sea murder of Soats, I'm 99% positive, has n- absolutely nothing to do with the Titans. However, this one comes via our guy, uh, Brett DeLoyer, uh, at underscore birds of war on Twitter. And uh, look, he's a he's a tupper for sure. Always, always tweeting, always in the mentions and stuff, which we appreciate you. The reason I decided, okay, let's go with it because one, apparently 187 is it says episode 187. 187 is the uh the police code for um homicide, I'm pretty sure. And C murder, obviously he has murder in his name. He was convicted of the murder of Steve Thomas back in 2003, and he recorded three hit albums while under house arrest awaiting retrial. First of all, look, ain't no better, ain't no more focused mind than uh, someone who's under house arrest. And the uh, right, right? the 187 penal code, yeah, is for murder in the, uh, the, is the unlawful killing of a human or excuse me, it's it's murder defined uh, according according to the penal codes. Okay, now keep in mind, Jack and I could not be any more white and or suburban than we are. That's, so that's this true. is two guys looking up penal codes to talk about a rapper named C Murder who was probably just out of our realm of hip hop fandom. Jack and I, of course, being two white suburbanites, we do love hip hop um, probably more than we should. And yet, uh, here we are struggling to make the connection to C Murder yeah. in episode 187. Let's really peel back the curtain here. Okay. We didn't have any other show titles to go with. Well, we had a couple of others. We do have a couple of others, but this one was exclusive to 187. And so I feel like we had to hit this one. We couldn't hit the Sea Murder episodes on episode 188, right? Yeah, it's now or never. Use it or lose it. In fact, I'm looking up the penal code for 188. Uh, 188 is malice. Uh, malice may be expressed or implied. Ma- uh, where the unlawfully take away the life of a fellow creature. So I guess it's it's similar to 187. Look, it's I know essentially what Gardner Minshew did to Christian Fulton over the weekend. Thank you, Jack. Getting us back on track for this week's episode. Okay, look, the Titans lost one in Indianapolis. That one sucked, especially for the sake that it was a very winnable game. From the start to the end, it was a very winnable 
football game and the Titans just couldn't pull it out. And when the Titans needed to stop late in the game to get the ball back, they could not do that because the defense, for whatever reason, just did not make the trip up to Indianapolis. We're going to get into all of that and more. Plus, we're bringing on our guy, Brent Doherty. Long time coming. We have not had him on the, the podcast in a while, but it's good to get him back on because we need to vent and we need to prepare for an even longer road trip for a home game in London on an even week against the Baltimore Ravens. But before we get to all of that, let's first get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and you struggle with posture issues, then trust me when I say this is the place for you. They've got a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain. For those of us who are sitting up all day at work, hunched over, riding, or typing away, they've also got the latest in sleep technology. They've got Technogel and tempur pillows and mattresses. They've also got uh, sound machines available at Relax the Back to help maximize your sleep every night. I know you need those eight hours, especially after grueling losses at the hands of the Indianapolis <laughs> Colts. The Relax the Back team is going to make sure you're waking up and feeling your best every single day. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right over by Hillsborough High School in Green Hills. If you're unable to get there, check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. You can check out everything in the showroom. But unlike visiting them in person, you can't test it out and lay in the beds, lay on the pillows, sit in the relaxing chairs, sitting, sit in the massage chairs in, in the showroom. So when you go in, because I know you will, I know you want to try out all their options, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. With all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking cold from prison. What is up, Flamettes? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is October 11th, 2023. And the Titans dropped a tough divisional rivalry game in Indianapolis at the hands of the Colts. Improving the Colts to three and six since the Pat McAfee curse. And it breaks a streak of 1,060 days since the last time the Colts beat the Titans. That's the bad news, okay? There is good news. I know a lot of Titans fans thinking, what could possibly be good from any of this? Well, the good news is, they apparently have a grasp on what went wrong and what they need to fix it. Apparently, they just need to find a way to play better and coach better. Ah, that's a new way of fixing things that I haven't heard before. Well, Austin, if that's all they need to do, I'm going to have to ask you. Yeah. What do they do about Christian Fulton turning into burnt toast every other play on defense? It's a fair rebuttal, fair question. They just need to find a way to play better and coach better. Oh, okay. Okay. That should do it. Uh, what about tackling? Just let me just ask you about tackling because Zach Moss averaged 7.2 yards per carry, ran for 165 yards, and did most of his work between the tackles. They just need to find a way to play better and coach better. Ah, oh, you're right. You're right. Um, Gardner Minshew coming in relief and looking like Joe Montana, not skipping a beat. The Colts offense continues their rhythm and dominates the Titans defense. How about that? Well, for that, they just need to find a way to play better and coach better. Yes, you're right. Um, let's flip it on offense. You go one for four in the red zone. 
that's got to get fixed. But how would you do it? They need to find a way to play better and coach better. Yes. Yes, they do. Finally, excuse me, not finally. Fourth and one. You line up in shotgun formation and and hand it off to Derrick Henry. What's going on there? D-Hop was unguardable all day. They need to find a way to play better and coach better. And then last, but certainly not least, when you're tied in, Chickaconquo is called for two offensive pass interferences. Uh, how do you iron that out? Well, really, I'm glad you asked about that specifically because the way it all boils down, Jack, is mm-hmm. when when you're faced with a difficult situation in life such as that, really all it boils down to is the fact that you need to find a way to play better and coach better. 100% agree. I think if the Titans can do those two things, they're going to be in really good shape moving forward. Yeah. The only problem is they haven't been able to find a way to play better and coach better in uh, 10 of their last 12 games. Um, but they keep saying they need to find it. And so I'm I'm really hoping that this is the week that they ultimately find it. Um, maybe it's in London. Maybe what they're searching for is in London. We don't know. But it's been like freaking finding Waldo on the last page of Where's Waldo? With how difficult it has been to find ways to play better and coach better for these Tennessee Titans. It's frustrating. I mean, there's just so many issues that you still have to fix, and it's hard to do it in the middle of the season. We've talked about that a handful of times on this podcast already, but some of the issues you didn't really expect to be plaguing your team at this point in the season, right? I mean, Christian Fulton's healthy. That's all he wanted ahead of the season, right? Well, yeah, he's playing horribly. So at some I, point... I, I kind of... I You know what? I've never wished injury upon anyone, but I kind of wish he was injured just for the sake of like, oh, well, we have an excuse. You know, like Joe Burrow has, has seemed mortal this season. And people are like, well, that's because he's injured. If Christian Fulton was injured, it'd be like, well, yeah, he's playing like crap because he, he he's injured. So at least that would give us an excuse as to why he's playing so poorly. For a guy who is in a contract year, who is just... he He can't... He, he turns his hips slower than most people in a nursing home. And that to me is just absurdly weird. Uh, this is a, a year where he has to play his best and he is not doing so. And the Titans are paying for it. Just what a, a couple of weeks ago in the Browns loss, a perfect passer rating to all balls thrown in his direction. Perfect passer rating. That's something you don't want on your record book. And then here he comes out just two weeks later and it's more of the same where he's committing costly turn or costly penalties. And when he's not, he's allowing guys to pick up big gains against him. And you heard Mike Vrabel after the games, you know, he was asked, was there any thought to benching Fulton? And he said, yeah, there was thought, but then Vrabel turns around and he sees Clark and Richie from the bench warmers picking their nose and eating ladybugs. <laughs> And realizes that Trey Avery and Kendall Vildor probably aren't the answer there. Like Christian yeah. Fulton is is your best bet. And that bet hasn't won you any money over the last five weeks. So it's frustrating. And you do eventually have to make a change of some kind if he continues to play like the worst corner in football. But the two guys you have behind him, Kendall Vildor, you found after the Bears cut him following training camp. And the Bears also cut Travis Gibson, who's already paid dividends for the Titans. But 
he's got 22 starts in his career. Trey Avery is the other guy back there. He's got three starts in his career, and the last time we saw him was in uh, was against L.A. Titans won that game, but Mike Williams and Keenan Allen combined for 16 catches, 194 yards, and two touchdowns. It wasn't exactly through Trey Avery's play the Titans found a way to win. Mike Vrabel does a really good job of keeping his cards close to his vest for all things football operations related. Except for on Sunday when it came to Christian Fulton. I mean, I'm talking like right after the penalties were committed or the big gains were given up, the cuts to Mike Vrabel were so telling. I think I think uh, Buck tweeted out a, uh, a a gif of one of them um, where it was just he looked incredibly annoyed on the sidelines. And then afterwards, in after the game, when they when people straight up asked him, does Christian Fulton need to get benched? You're thinking, okay, Vrabel, why are you even asking Vrabel such a pointed question like that? You know he's going to beat around the bush and he's going to he's going to give you some non-answer. He was like, "Do your job. He needs to do his job." Yeah, like yeah, you said the yeah, week yeah. before. Right. He was like, "No, he was like, no, that's a possibility." Like it like it was very non-Vrabel of him where it was like he did not not only did he not keep his cards close to his vest, he turned around and showed you the card he was working with, like a freaking magician. Like that was and and look, hopefully he can make Christian Fulton's problems disappear. But I frankly, I don't think that's the case. There is something inherently wrong with what he's doing and the way he's gone out and played this season. And Vrabel typically protects his players, right? You you rarely hear him call anybody out like that, but it feels like the conversation over the last two weeks, especially or three weeks, excuse me, has been about his technique. Well, technique is taught at some point. The coaching staff, you, you know, needs to make an adjustment here. And we got we we talked to Brent Doherty about this later on about exactly what's going wrong with Fulton, you, you know, and, and why he's not contributing the way we all anticipated him to. But it's it's just and, the, and that's not the only problem. That's the worst part about it. Right. It's the Titans defense. Hadn't allowed a hundred yard rusher in twenty something games, and yeah. you know, you know, one of the best fronts in football. Seriously, we talk about how underrated they are all the time. Well, they come out and get trampled all over by Zach Moss. Like Jonathan yeah. Taylor made his return this week. That's who we were worried about. Right. Zach Moss right. comes out one hundred sixty five yards, and, and really, Tier Tart's absence was uh, he was missed way more than I thought he would be. And you know, in the process, he didn't even put on shoulder pads. And he made a couple million dollars on Sunday. Yeah, if you would have told me that the Titans had given up a hundred yard rusher on the week that Jonathan Taylor came back, I never in a million guesses would have said it was, it was Zach Moss. Like I, I would have gone with Anthony Richardson. Heck, I would have gone with Gardner Minshew over whoever the hell Zach Moss is. Like, like what the heck is? is going on like it it's just it was one of those days where it was like it I don't know if you if you remember like games against Patrick Mahomes and I feel this in every game the Titans play Patrick Mahomes but I also feel it this way in every game that Patrick Mahomes plays in where it's like he's fast sure but he's not that fast to where like when guys are chasing him it looks like they're running in through quicksand mm-hmm. that's the way it felt like with Zach Moss like especially on his 56 yard touchdown run where I was like how is nobody catching him? How is no one catching this guy? And for whatever reason, he just, his afterburners, which did not even look like afterburners, somehow beat out the Titans' fastest guys on defense and scampered in for for the first touchdown of the game. And it was 
I mean, that was just the first of many big runs that he popped off. Speed or or lack thereof for the Titans defense is one thing, but I mean, the Titans were like Travis Henry in his 20s. They just couldn't wrap up all day, you know? And <laughs> this is the Titans defense that I thought, uh, that I believe, you know, coming off the bus, thought that they, you know, didn't have to worry about the uh, Zach Moss. They 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 had to key on Anthony Richardson and key on Jonathan Taylor. They forgot about Zach Moss. Tier Tart wasn't there. Big Jeff goes down. It, it was just all sorts of problems. And the linebackers, sure, like I mean, Aziz and Jack Gibbons can you know only do so much. But it, it was just a, a, a poor tackling night or a poor tackling afternoon. And with the problems going on in the secondary, it's just too easy for the Colts to move the ball up and down the field now. The Colts kept the Titans in the game for a whole lot longer than they should have been in the game, but the Titans couldn't take advantage. They they screw up in the red zone. They screw up on fourth and short. Just It, it was just kind of a, a Marshall's law or a Murphy's law uh, where yeah. nothing could go right. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. No, and it, it's it's frustrating because the the last thing you expected to let you down let you down. Like the Titans not producing in the red zone, we've seen that all season. That that was no new surprise. It's hit or miss, yeah. Right. If if the Titans struggled in the red zone in this game, like nobody's gonna be like, "What you you mean to tell me they couldn't score in the red zone?" Like that, that's been the case. The Saints game, the Browns game, like literally every game this season, they've struggled to punch it in from the red zone. But the defense, the defense letting you down, that was the thing to me that was like the most like. Are you serious? Like the now, like now we have this problem to worry about, you know, go back to your, your check engine light metaphor from last week, Jack. Like it's seriously, it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we got the check engine light fixed. And that was this offense. Now all of a sudden you're telling me the tire pressure is low. I never would have thought that I would have had to worry about the tire pressure in this car. Like we got those, uh, those anti, anti, uh, deflatable tires or whatever they've got, you know, you know, the ones that like they can get punctured by a nail and you could still go like 500 miles on them. Like that's what I thought the tires we had, but no, apparently they were deflated and it was just frustrating to see because had that defense showed up Titans win this game soundly, even with their red zone issues. Yeah. And like people are probably going to drive into oncoming traffic when they hear me hear the beginning of what I'm about to say, but don't do that. Hear me out. The Titans defense made a couple plays when they absolutely needed to to kind of keep the Titans offense in the game and give them a shot. Like that fourth and one before halftime, if Gardner Minshew gets that football there, that's a walk-in touchdown, right? And the Titans right. go into halftime, and the game's probably over. Yeah, and then at the end right. of the game, like like the Titans defense held up and you know gave Tannehill a shot with a minute. Now, it's hard to really do anything with, in this offense with a minute, and you got to go full field. But – they did make a couple plays, but again, it's uh, that's like a silver lining. I'm not in it for silver linings anymore, Austin. This defense has to carry this team throughout the season, but the offense has to convert in the red zone in order for this to be a well-oiled machine. Like if both things can happen at once, which they haven't really happened together at once this season, I, I guess the Bengals game is you know the the outlier there. But if those can happen at once, this Titan seems dangerous. But until then, I mean, you're going to lose to bad teams. You're going to lose to the Colts. You're going to lose to the Browns in blowout fashion. It's there's just a lot of issues that need to be fixed. I'm going to propose something awesome. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I found it. I found it. I found it. I found it. 
Oh no, wait, never mind. That's not it. Never mind. Sorry. I thought for a second there I had found a, a way to play better and coach better, but no, I did not. No, uh, still sorry. working. Yeah, the still continues. Looking. Here's Go my on. proposal to you. In 2020, the Titans secondary was in big trouble. Not because they were playing bad. Well, partly because they were playing badly, because uh, when when's the last time the Titans had a good secondary? But Christian Fulton was down, Adoree Jackson on the team. You know, he was having injury issues. So what does J-Rob go out and do? In 2020, he makes a trade for Desmond King, a guy two years off of first-team All-Pro selection. Desmond King stepped in and played pretty damn well for the Titans to end that season. Fumble return for a touchdown in his very first game as a Titan. Great callback. Yes, great memory. The Titans only had to give up a six-round pick to go get him. And I know the Titans don't have you know loads of draft picks to go out and trade, but a six-round pick, seventh-round pick, fifth-round pick, late-round pick like that, you go out and find a team that's in the gutter, like maybe the Broncos, maybe the Raiders, maybe the Giants, although I don't think I want anybody that's on the Giants in general. Um, you know, you find a cornerback, and you just slot them in. Just you got to turn over the stones if you think that this team could make noise late in the season, if you think that there's even a shot that they could win the division. You owe it to yourself to go out and explore these options, to go out and look for an answer. Like, the answers aren't in the house. Like, you don't have McDonald's at home right now, Rand Carthon. You've got to figure it out, and maybe a trade is the only is really the only avenue that they have left that they've yet to explore. Yeah, the uh, look, uh, one of the names that I love to float around, uh, mainly because I live in this world of uh, endless fantasy, I mean, I I think as most of us do, being Titans fans, thinking that our team is not going to let us down when they consistently do. But uh, I look, and uh, here I am, woe is me. Look, it could be much worse. You could be a futile franchise. The Titans are not that. They still win some games. Yeah, right. They Look, the Titans, it could be worse. So don't, for anyone who... And there's examples in the division that you could point to. But the problem is... Those examples, they're getting a whole lot closer to the Titans right I know. now. The division looks so much tougher. It's very frustrating. But it's just good quarterback I, play. I know. Right. Well, it's yeah. the last thing we thought that would be happening this this year in the AFC South. But Stroud looks good. Richardson was carving the Titans up. And the worst part about that is when he goes down, they bring a better quarterback in in Gardner Minshew. And I love Gardner Minshew. That was the hardest thing for me because Gardner Minshew is a guy I have rooted for his entire career. Uh, a guy whose middle name is Beowulf. His grandpa wanted to name him Beowulf. Uh, that to me is incredible. His the, the fact that his nickname is the Jockstrap King. Um, Gardner Minshew, by all accounts, yeah. is one of my favorite players in the sport. And now that he's a Colt, it makes it incredibly hard for me. Um, but see, I got off the Gardner Minshew train early because he played at Mississippi State. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. But but damn it, is he hard not to like? Jack hated Gardner Minshew before his school. <laughs> you're you're a Gardner Minshew hater. Hipster. I don't think hating Gardner Minshew is cool in general. I, the guy is so likable, and when he comes in, he balls out. Like the the two games he played before the Titans, he'd thrown for 400 yards combined and two touchdowns. Right. Like, well, if you remember, and when he was with the Jaguars, he almost beat the Titans in Week Two. Uh, what year was that? 2019, maybe 20. 2018 it was we were doing this podcast and the titans nearly lost to the jaguars in the second week of the season and it's because gardner Minshew was just balling out he was connecting on throws that was like what what the hell is going on right now it was uh very weird but uh yeah here he is comes in for the colts and he like he look the gardner Minshew did not beat the titans but gardner Minshew also did not 
do anything that helped the Titans win. Like the, I, I want to say he did the job necessary. Uh, like we always say, you know, in the Titans, the Titans beat the Titans. But at what point do we have to kind of tip our hat? Because Gardner Minshew went eleven for fourteen, controlled that oh, offense. He, he was, yeah, he was steady. He like he got the job done. But it wasn't the Titans didn't lose because of Gardner Minshew, right? No, I think they more so lost because of not being able to control the running game. And that, Zach see, and that that's that's what I would say. That's what I would say as well. Gardner Minshew was just completing, you know, simple passes and stuff. He was he was doing the job needed to be done, but he wasn't. It, it wasn't because of his amazing touchdown throws was the reason the Titans lost. Um, which going back to real quick that the name that I, I throw around. Look, a struggling team, worse off than the Titans right now. Look, you want to say the Titans have it bad. This team has a far worse. The Denver Broncos. Hey, they're terrible. Hear me out. Hear me out. Patrick Sertan, huh? Best cornerback in the in the absolute in the sport right now. Um, look, you know, look, Broncos. Hey, you guys aren't going anywhere this season. Maybe we could we could get that guy off your hands for him. Hear me out. Now, I don't even think the Broncos would take this deal, but what it, would you give up a first-round pick, Jack, as no. GM of the Tennessee Titans? You would not give up a first-round pick for Patrick Sertan? No, I don't think he costs that much. Oh. Oh, okay. What about a second-round pick? Well, he, he might. He, he actually might. You know, seeing what Jalen Ramsey, his value was on the trade market. I don't think Sertan's there. <clears throat> but I th- I think that there's... There's easier fixes. I think that a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick can fix your problem here. You don't need a world beater. You just need competent play. Like if Christian Fulton was the league average, where would the yeah. Titans be right now? But I, it would. They, it they, certainly, certainly would help case. to have. A, certainly would help to have a world beater, though. Huh? Well, that's the thing. And they've got eighty-five million dollars in salary cap space next offseason. That's when they'll go find a world beater. You're not going to look for another one in the draft, Caleb Farley. You're going to go out to find an established dude who can shut down a number one. The Titans don't See, have that. And, like, and that's that's the thing. That's where I'm at. And we've had this discussion many times during the offseason. Do uh, take a page out of the Rams playbook. And look, maybe the Rams sold their soul for that Super Bowl a couple years back. But I would gladly sell my soul for a Super Bowl championship if it meant the Titans sucked for the next four years. I would do that. I, I would gladly do that. I, I'm team mortgage the future for one Super Bowl too, because I mean, who cares how bad you are for the fo- following five years? And there's some people that may disagree with that, but look, you got to make sure you have the, you, you got to you gotta make sure you have a Super Bowl winning core on the roster sure. already. And, and, they look, don't and, have that, that. and that's, and that's the point. Yes. And that's a, that's another good point. But I also don't think that the Titans are, I, I, I saw a lot of discourse on uh, Titans Twitter after the loss where people are like, okay, the Titans are now officially sellers. You need to sell off pieces of this team because you're not going anywhere this year. I, I don't like that. I, I think that's a bunch of BS Um, because look, I think if you have a shot, I, I I I think everyone's always so so quick to have the future be now um, with with all aspects of football. People are always like, "Oh well, uh, let's start looking ahead to the draft." Why look ahead to the draft when you're literally in a season right now when you're only one game back in the division? And I got bad I, news for those people because the Titans don't have a whole lot of draft picks coming up. They got a first rounder and a second rounder. They got yeah. a fourth rounder. And they have a seventh rounder. They, they don't the, have a third always, rounder, a fifth rounder, a sixth it's, rounder. It's always the same people that are saying, oh, bench Ryan Tannehill and go ahead and start Malik Willis and Will Levis right now. Why? Why? 
Like it doesn't like, first of all, Ryan Tannehill, as much as people want to freaking uh, consider him to be the, 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 uh, <laughs> the personification of the West Nile virus, he is not that. And he, Gives you the best chance. Yeah. And I saw videos, videos, uh, surfacing of like, oh, the missed throw he had to, um, um, uh, to Nick Westbrook Akine in the end zone. Was that a, was that an underthrown ball? Yeah, it was. What could it have been a touchdown if he threw it on point? Yeah, he could have. Yeah. But that's like but, the only throw but, that I, he probably wanted back from Sunday. And that's, that's the thing. Every quarterback has at least missed one, one missed throw in every game. Nobody's Any quarterback. Putting- Nobody's pinning this on Tannehill, though. No, well, but there are still some people out there. That but those are, are the are... same people that do it every week, and we shouldn't right. ignore those, those are the, people. And those are those are the, yes, and those are the people that are are like going ahead and and like planning for the future when you don't need to plan for the future. There is still life in this season. You're a game back, and I think the Titans more than any team can show you that you can go on a run. This is a like look. The Titans once started zero and six, and then they. Uh, finish the the season a game out of the playoffs with a win in your end situation at the end of the season with Vince Young. Now I know that's what 12 years ago. Why am I living in the past? All I'm saying is a lot can happen in a season. It's a long ass season. You're seeing great quarterback play in the division right now. Who knows if CJ Stroud's going to be able to keep up this level of play for an entire season. Who knows if if uh you know if the Jaguars look you want to talk about a team that's been consistently inconsistent Look just south to Duval County. I mean, that's a team that like you go and you beat the Bills in London this past week, but the week before that, you look like, or or, well, two weeks before that, you look like absolute dog crap. So, Mm. like, all I'm saying is, I I don't think we need to freaking put all of our all of our eggs into one basket here right now. You need to let things play out a little bit longer, and Jack. Well, sure. It's only week six, you know, I, and look, there's, there's plenty of time to fix these things. The problem is it's just new issues keep popping up, right? Like it, it, even if you do fix one, well, now you got three more to work on, you know, yeah. you, you got to really, you got to open the hood and, and there's plenty of stuff that you're going to have to fix. I don't know. Again, the bye week does come at a convenient time, right? Will NPF play a role after the bye? That, that's a question that needs to be answered. What's Kyle Phillips role on offense. Can you reacclimate him by the time, that bye week wraps up and and have him for you know the the back nine of the schedule, which does ease up. And I know that we're upset right now, but look, we said two and four, three two and, and three, four. two and four. You, you know, yeah. and that's the worst case scenario as they go into the bye week two and four. You still got a shot to win nine, ten games uh, if you get hot down the stretch. So the season's not lost. You've got no. wins if you you know if you're jockeying for a wild card spot, and a lot of people. I've already seen because I mentioned this on the game day show and people are disgusted that I'm even bringing up playoffs. Well, it's time like you got to be at least a little realistic here. If the Titans are able to string a couple wins together, which we haven't seen in nearly a year. Then you're going to have a chance at, at a wild card and, and those two wins over the Bengals and the Chargers could come into play later in the season. Now, yeah, you need to do some work in the division because the division is ultimately your probably your best bet of getting in these playoffs. But look, there's a long way to go. You get right against the Ravens, and I think everybody's really optimistic heading into the bye week. You haven't looked great, and you're still three and three. Yeah, I'll take they, that. You're right in the fact that the bye week couldn't be coming at a better uh, time because, especially after this game in London, where you are playing on uh, turf just rolled out over concrete, that will ultimately probably uh, result in two or oh, three don't say it, injuries. Don't say it. 
Uh, injuries, injuries, Jack. You, we you have just, to say. It. Are you you're forecasting injuries? I don't like. This. I'm I'm forecasting injuries, Jack. Uh, because if you know one thing's for sure, this podcast has a history of not being able to predict anything correctly. So yeah, uh, well, I am aware of that. Uh, they, they, look, you have to account for two or three injuries on this terrible turf that the Bills complained about nonstop. And people are like, yeah, well, the Bills are only complaining because uh, they lost the game. Um, I think the Jaguars would complain too, but you're never going to complain into, you're never going to complain about a house that you're wanting to move into. Okay. You think about that? Like let's, that's the Jaguars future home in London. Yeah, so of course they're not going to complain about the turf conditions there. They're going to be like, Oh yeah, this is good. Like, yeah, maybe we, we could spruce it up once we move in officially, but yeah, no, I think it's fine. I think that we can make this work. You know, that was like me and my wife, when we were buying the house that we're currently in right now, we were like, yeah, like, well, look, we don't love the fact that there's no basement, but we can make it work. You know, like we're not yeah. going to we're not going to tell the sellers of the home. Yeah, we don't like the because then they're not going to take our offer. That's what the Jaguars are doing with the turf. Like it's terrible turf. And, and to, your, uh, to your point, there were a couple of bills that got injured last Matt Milano and former Titan. Yes. Juan Jones, which are serious injuries for that bill out defense. for the year. Yeah, it's it's a bad it's a bad situation in uh, get out of there a lot. A, a win. I bonus. I will never, ever feel bad when another team um, gets injured, though. However, is that bad for me to say? I will never look. And the, the Titans will probably see many injuries this season. But no, yeah, I it's will, not bad. I it's will just... never feel bad when another team has an injury based off of the last two seasons that the Titans have had. Because to me, mm -hmm. those took years away from the championship window that the Titans have had. And uh, the injuries just absolutely destroyed them. And so I I don't feel bad. I don't look if Travis Ken Travis Kelsey falls on uh again bad turf. I don't care. I honestly I I'm sorry guys. I feel bad for you. No, I don't. Um also one last thing I want to fix before we get to Brent Doherty, and then we'll talk about the Ravens game on the flip side. I have a I have a solution, Jack. Oh yeah? I have a solution to fourth and one. A lot of people, a lot of criticism about Tim Kelly's play call to run Derrick Henry out of shotgun uh, behind what Chris Hubbard. I have a solution. Got to find a way to play better and coach better. No, 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 no. I, I, I actually do have a solution and hear me out. Derrick Henry, we know is a great quarterback showed it again on Sunday by nearly completing a pass in the back of the end zone to DeAndre Hopkins. Man, that was so close. That would have been incredible if they could have completed that. They were that close too. Why not let the King Cat take a few snaps under center? Do a tush push with Derrick Henry. You mean to tell me, look, if if Jalen Hurts can pick up three to four yards on every single quarterback sneak that they run up in Philly. Why could Derrick Henry not do that and or more with his legs and with guys behind him pushing the pile? Why are the Titans not doing that? Look, it's a good question. Maybe Brent Doherty will hire you as his offensive coordinator if Brent ever gets the job, which you'll hear in just a second. All right, let's get now to Brent Doherty, but not before getting not without before getting a word from our friends at BetMGM. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. 
Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued is not withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issue. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. Plus, imagine being one of the backs behind Derrick Henry on that uh, tush push. You could touch his butt, huh? Okay. Awesome. Let's get to what? favorite uncles that we have not heard from in a while mainly because we're just we're bad at getting him back on the show uh a guy that we have waited far too long to get back on the podcast a guy who always brings the energy he you hear him every weekday afternoon on 3hl on 104.5 the zone he is i dare i say the godfather of 104.5 right now i feel like the a guy who has been in an industry that is not easy to stay put in one place for a very long time and he has managed to do so just speaks to how good he is at what he does he is mr brent doherty brent how are you man uh what's up boys uh yeah i think it's me and blaine that have been there the longest now um so i'm trying to find a better spot uh in my place to do this but uh yeah how about the uh zombie the baby yes, zombie. The, the ba- I was going to say, is there a baby zombie you could do this in front of? That would be great. for. Yeah, just uh, let me know if he comes at me. How about that? All right. What's what's scarier, that baby zombie or the Titans defense on Sunday? Um. Yeah, where did that come from? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I've been rattling off the stats every week. It was 20, 20 games since they had allowed a 100-yard rusher. It was 10 games since they let, allowed a team to do it. Right. And who would have thought Zach Moss would be the guy? Right. That's like, the thing. On a week where Jonathan Taylor comes back and, and it's Zach Moss of all people yeah. that rattles off a hundred. Like what? Right. Like where on the list, like rank the mosses that are the best, right? Like where is Zach Moss <laughs> on that list? Because Sunday he was pretty damn high. <laughs> right. Randy Moss. I think Kate, Kate maybe Moss. the defense was high. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd even put like Tree Moss ahead of, of Zach Moss <laughs> before Sunday. Uh, but yeah, Brent, is this, is this like a, uh, it, it, it feels, it feels like, uh, whenever it feels like one of those things where it's like, uh, the old, like cartoon, you know, like when you like plug a, a hole in the dam with one finger, then another <laughs> a leak springs loose. Like that's yeah. what it feels like this Titans team is. It's cause it's like, finally the offense yeah. is rolling and the offense yeah. is producing. And yeah. then, and then here you spring a leak with the defense. Like what, like, is it just going to be another issue? come this upcoming Sunday? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Easy enough. Yes, it is. I guess Nick Falk is going to make like three or four field goals. I I think we can count on that now. Yeah. 67 in a row, 40 yards and in. That's crazy. I mean, they just, when they get to the 20 yard line, just go ahead and kick the field goal and waste all, you know, allow us to have our time back, you know? He is, he is no joke. Been a ring of honor inductee for sure. And just his what five games into his tenure. And, and Brent really, we're talking yeah. about the defense while, while we're here. I mean, we might as well bring up Christian Fulton. It's been disappointing. I think Titans fans ahead of the season. were like, okay, if we can just get Christian Fulton on the field for, you know, 12 to 15 games, we'll be in business. 
You know, you bring in Sean Murphy bunting. You like what you got out of Roger McCreary last year. Elijah Molden is kind of, you know, a hybrid right now. But here we are heading into week six in London. And Christian Fulton has looked like the worst defensive back in the NFL. And the scary part about that is you don't have a ton behind him. I mean, what's the plan if if Brent Doherty were the head coach of the Tennessee Titans? What do you do outside on defense? Man, that's a great question because, like, you move Roger McCreary out there, then what do you do inside? I, I don't know. McCreary's been playing awesome. Like, that's getting yeah. lost in, in, like, the bad Christian Fulton play. But um, McCreary's been good. It's funny, like, uh, I was reading through um, uh, Teron Davenport stuff, and he had a quote that stuck out to me from Christian Fulton following the game about that pass interference on third and twelve. In that last Colts drive, he said, I thought it was a bad call. It's hard when you got to play against the refs and the wide receivers, but that's my life as a DB. He thinks he was squarely in front of Michael Pittman Jr. on the double move, which was not um, what the officials thought. And I guess no. Mike Vrabel didn't think that either because he brought it up. Like, we got to square up guys on the outside. So, I don't know. It's been a whole weird thing, you know, trying to sift through Vrabel's words about Christian Bolton, and he's been pretty direct about it too, so – I don't know what's going on there. Um, Dawn Davenport brought up a great point on on uh, 3HL yesterday. She said maybe he's got his eyes in the backfield because he's trying to get picks because it's a contract to you. Yeah. And oh, that made point. a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Because uh, if he gets four, or five, six picks this year, then he's going to make a crap ton of money. You know what I mean? Right. But his season high in his career is two. So, like, why don't you guard your man first? How about that? Like, play defense. Yeah. And that's what so Vrabel said after the bro. game. Yeah. Vrabel said you're not going to get picks in man coverage. So just do your job, lock down your defender. Don't worry about a pick. Just break up the pass if they throw it at you. Well, now you're in a situation where he's put out such bad tape this season that quarterbacks are going to go pick on him. Uh, they have to, right? And yeah. But as Shane Bowen, you know, his job as a defensive coordinator is to understand where they're going to go at. You, you know, understand your weaknesses and maybe throw some help his way. It just feels like, you know, if he's the weak link on this defense, you've got a couple of really good safeties over there you could help out with. But again, compounding one problem, making it two problems by shuffling, you know, McCreary to the outside and then worrying about who's going to play slot. It's it's a tough fix midseason. Well, I mean, based on that tape against the Colts, and look, that hasn't been consistent tape, like as a whole, like we're talking about Christian Fulton individually, but as a whole with the defense, like giving up that kind of yardage in the run game is – is not something that happens. Now, is that something that will ha- become consistent moving forward? Because, like, where are we with Tier Tart's injury? Where are we with uh, Big Jeff's injury? Um, because if those two guys aren't in there, it, it's it's tough. But there are other problems, too. Like, I talked about in the preseason, like, Gibbons, Gibbons has been better than I thought he would be in terms of production this year. I mean, he had 10 tackles against the Colts. But he did get – like, my concern was that Opposing offensive coordinators would get him lined up against like an Alvin Kamara, for example, man to man, and he would have to run with him or something or a slot receiver. That happened in the Colts game. That's on tape now. Um, and it was almost like a little brother chasing an older brother, you know, like he was like four yards behind the receiver the entire way, like just kind of like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> not gaining ground, not losing ground, just kind of there. Um and so I worry about that moving forward. I, I worry about the linebackers having to make all the tackles now because, you know, the, the running backs got to the second and third level, Zach Moss and, and Taylor. Um, so, you know, can they figure out a way to, to hold people up on the defensive line like they had done so consistently before? Oh, yeah. 
since Jack made you involuntarily the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, how do uh, coach uh, coach Doherty, how do we fix this uh, offense inside the red zone? Uh, that I feel like would be the easiest of places to run an offense, um, I, especially after last year when it was so hard to get to the red zone. But you go from having the sixth best red zone offense under uh, a guy by the name of Todd Downing, who is uh, on this podcast, Lord Voldemort, because he's the he who shall not be named. But and then you get you upgrade, at least we thought to Tim Kelly, and he can do everything outside of the 20. But then once they hit that red zone, it becomes the dead zone. They just stop playing football. And I how do you fix that, if at all? Well, I mean, to be fair with Todd Downing, like how many times were they in the red zone? Like, right, were, right, yeah. right, 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 right. I mean, they were like, what, one for one, maybe? S- small yeah, sample yeah. size. <laughs> like five for 11. I don't, I don't yeah. know. You know what's funny about that game is obviously they struggled in the red zone one for four, but the Colts did too, one for five. Like, yeah. you know, it's, ta- yeah. it, it feels funny talking about that game because it feels like the Titans got hammered, even though they lost by seven. Um, <laughs> but the Colts could have hammered them. You know, had they been effective in the red zone, they had to run game to do it. The thing about it is, and, and I forget what show I was watching a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was Rex Ryan talking about it. He said, the thing about the red zone is, like, everything is compartmentalized, right, in the pass game, but you still have to throw the ball. Like, because you can't run it either because everybody's packed in. Um, so you still have to throw the ball. And and I don't know, that fourth and one play to Derrick Henry, like, it looked completely discombobulated from the get-go with the man in motion and all that stuff. And their line, go back and watch that play. Their linebackers, all of them ran straight to Derrick Henry without being touched yeah. and right. nailed him. Um, I don't know that that answers like a big red zone <laughs> question. I, I really don't know how to fix that. Honestly, what do you guys think? I mean, maybe, maybe get D hop more involved. He doesn't have a touchdown yet. So. I mean, That's on, on, he was, on he was unguardable. Down. He was, D hop was unguardable, unguardable. Sunday. Unguardable. And, you know what? I, I know you got Derrick Henry and fourth and one is, you know, his bread and butter, you would think, but, yeah. Out of the shotgun, I'm not so sure. Look, Tim Kelly called a good game, I thought. I don't, I don't have a problem with the game he called. But it's just critical situations like that where you really got to be on your P's and Q's or else you're going to lose You're gonna lose ground in the division to a team that you should beat. Everybody before the season wrote a big green W on this on this game. And the Titans come out and they really didn't get off the bus. The defense didn't. And you, you struggle in the red zone like this. And now you've got ground to make up in the division. It's, it's just yeah. frustrating. Fourth and short as a Titans fan it, or as a coordinator for the Titans is pretty much damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you, you know, if you hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, you don't get it. Then it's like, well, why, why did you hand it off there? Everyone knows the ball's going to Derrick Henry. But then when you don't, uh, people are like, why do you not just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry? It's super well, simple. Well, I think, I think they can be far more multiple if they would use Spears more in those situations. Because they have so many packages with Spears in the backfield where you don't know what's coming. Right. Yeah. Like there's not a big book of film on that. Well, um, there was a, there was a kind of note. Yeah. Was there Spears. was a short yardage, you short yardage play earlier in the game where you had both Spears and Derrick Henry lined up in the well, backfield and Spears got the handoff for like the fullback dive almost and picked up the first down and it was effective. On that fourth and one, though, Spears had gotten hurt the play before. He had a con- so he was he was on the, concussion. He was on yeah. the sideline, so they couldn't right. use him there. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying moving forward in the red zone, I would use a lot more spears in the red zone than Derek. And I know that's like sacrilege in this market, but (laughs) I just, I think they're far more multiple with spears out there and, you know, have them both out there, whatever you want to do, but spears needs to be on the field when it can be for sure. That's one of my biggest, uh, like my biggest gripes with Derek being on the sidelines on, uh, you know, on two minute offenses, like, 
where like he just commands so much attention. I think he can open up so much of the fields, whether he you give him the ball or not. Because if you don't give him the ball, you're still going to have multiple guys honed in on where 22 is going with the with the ball or or where he's going. You know, whether it be you know like a screen or whatever. Why not? Why not use him as a decoy at very least? But he's the best player on your offense, so keep him on yeah. the field. I get it. Let's just keep both of them on the field. How about that? I'm okay. down. Deal. And then th- and, Deal. Th- and then fake the handoff and throw it to D Hop. If he's not open, throw a swing past the Spears. I, all right, Jack. Know. Jack, yeah, write keep, this down. Can we can we can we all agree on this? Can we keep Chig from like OPIs, please? Uh, two of them. <laughs> uh, what the hell? How do you get two in one it? game, man? It's like the Christian Fulton of offense. Yeah, no, for, for real. I, I mean, they were shooting themselves in the foot, and that there was an Aaron Brewer holding penalty that really killed him. I think it was Derrick Henry's longest run of the day that got called back, and yeah. Folk ends up bailing him out on a 53-yard field goal, but that drive looked like it was destined for six. It, it's it, There's just so many issues, and I, Austin and I talk about the lights on the dashboard. It's just there's different lights that pop up every single week with this team. But yeah. looking ahead, You've got a tough matchup, and now that you lost to the Colts, this is this is one that you really got to, I mean, put your best foot forward in London. Jim Harbaugh takes the Ravens out there early in the week. Mike Vrabel, yeah. he's only been to London once. It was that game, Austin, you were there against the Chargers where he went for two, didn't get it, the Titans lost, but they played okay. He said, you know, since they didn't look that bad, you know, traveling late in the week last time, they're going to go ahead and do it again. Do you think that there's an advantage to getting out there early? All I can go by is what Ron Slade told me. And he played overseas. Yeah. And he said it takes you about three days to get used to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys watch the Bills and the Jags, but the Bills yeah. are like sleepwalking, man. And they they got there on Thursday. The Jags have been there all week. Uh, well, they left on Thursday. But the Jags have been there all week, and they look like the tighter team. I mean, the Bills had 11 penalties. They were making mistakes they don't normally make. Like, they looked like a shell of themselves. So, I don't know. I get Vrabel saying, like, Going over on Thursday didn't help us, you know, fail in that two-point attempt. I get that, but I, I don't know. I just I, – I think the more time, the better to get used to it over there. I mean, everybody in the league is going to be watching how this how this plays out because you've got one team in the, in the same game. You've got one – you know, both teams trying it different ways. And so Baltimore, for, to me, it makes a lot more sense to go over on Monday because they're going to have six nights of sleep over there. Right. Like, so they're going to be at their best. Doesn't mean they win the game, but there will be no like jet lag or anything like that. Right. All right. So, uh, Jack, we need to write this down. When Mike Vrabel gets on the hot seat for coaching candidates, I think Brent Doherty's at the top of my list right Would now. Would y'all just stop? Making make <laughs> a lot of sense. I mean, Makes look, it's just look, I I like where he's going with fixing the offense, fixing the defense, now fixing the travel schedule. I think that's uh, it's something to be to be looked at. Now, Brent, how do you feel that the Titans are going to fare against Lamar Jackson? Because the, Lamar Jackson traditionally is a guy that they've been able to bottle up, whatever it may be. They had the secret sauce to kind of stop him. Aside from one long run in the playoff game in the divisional round or the uh, wild card round a few years ago, excuse me, the super wild card round a few years ago. Like I feel pretty confident in terms of keeping Lamar Jackson contained. Am I crazy for doing that? Especially after a week where, uh, let me check my notes. Uh, tree Moss, no, Zach Moss, uh, ran for over a hundred again. Yeah. I mean, Zach freaking Moss. Um, I mean, maybe he turns out to be a hall of famer. I don't know, but 23 <laughs> carries 165 yards and two touchdowns. And I hope it, so. you know, it's not like, Oh, he had the big long 
big long run that got him over 100 if they wouldn't have given that up where Aziz Alshire I think was held on that play anyway um I mean he did it anyway so I I don't Lamar Jackson scares the crap out of me I don't know I don't know Austin I love your confidence man I will say it is like a a movable object meets a stoppable force the Ravens wide receivers (laughs) dropped seven passes last week and the Titans secondary can't can't cover anything so so you're saying like gonna every ball's gonna every ball's gonna hit the ground but there's gonna be like a penalty on every other play yeah. i mean we've seen everything else happen this year brent why not but it's it, crazy know, uh i saw on uh man it was on get up rex ryan was talking about this he was talking about how there are just geniuses that are position coaches in the nfl and they just want to be like the smart guy in the room and all this stuff and so like greeny was like what are you talking about he's like he had him at eight drops. So he was like eight drops, three touchdowns. I know the number seven, but this is what he was saying. Eight drops, three touchdown drops. And he goes, here's why. <laughs> he goes, the receivers coach for the Baltimore Ravens likes to use a rugby ball. Did you guys see this in practice? Oh, he likes to use gosh. a rugby ball in practice. So they put a rugby ball next to a football and the rugby ball is a lot bigger. So then they yeah. start rolling through some of these drops and the guy's hands were like too far apart. And, and Rex Ryan was like, they're trying to catch a damn rugby ball. Catch a football. How smart is this guy? Like, just going yeah. off. So I thought right. that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, That's if anything, they should, be, they should be using, like, a smaller ball, I feel like, That's just what, to get Yeah, that. throw a racketball at people, man. You know? Right, right. Oh, my. Oh, they're one of those little, yeah, one of those. My, my guess is. Poor Texas. Listen, my guess is that uh, they will not drop seven passes. <laughs> my guess is that. Here's the other thing that gives me consternation. You ready? The Titans couldn't stop Deshaun Watson from running around and being mobile. He's not yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's fair. Now, they that did is. stop Anthony Richardson and knock him out of the game with a shoulder injury on a, on the literally the same play he had scored on the week before. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. There aren't that many data points is the problem. But, like, just watching them not tackle Deshaun Watson has me scared to death of Lamar Jackson. And right. tackling was and, even worse this past week. Yeah. Well. And and Lamar's not going to throw, like, 20 yards into the backfield like Deshaun uh, graciously did on – Deshaun uh, did it, and ago. Anthony Richardson did it. How about that one pass he threw backwards? Like, a, I mean, a missile out oh, yeah. of bounds. Oh, yeah. And the refs got together, and they were like, is this, is this grounding? They are like, no, he actually <laughs> threw that backwards. <laughs> I think all the quarterbacks came together and said, you know what? If Carson Wentz can't get a job, we got to honor him some way. We got to give him a farewell <laughs> yeah, tour right, some way. Right, right. So let's just start throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, that's twice that's happened. <laughs> Brent, I have, I have a theory that uh, the Titans' woes tend to happen on either road games or odd week games. Now, I haven't been able to prove the theory yet because the Titans have played on the road in, during all of their odd week games. So <laughs> That makes sense to me. Is it is it an odd week thing or is it a road thing? Because technically this week is an even week at home, but on the road. So now it, it throws all sorts of wrenches into uh, any theory that I may have. But do you lean one way or the other? Is it road or, or odd? I think it's just like I also I don't know what to think, man. I don't know what to, I don't know what to I don't know what to think about this team. Like they're they win one, they lose. Okay, so like they don't turn one loss into two losses. That's good, right? Yeah. Hey, they win right? at home. Yeah. Right? 
Like, this yeah. is a bad year to take a home game to London, I guess. But Or does that mean that they win because it's a home game at Tottenham Spur or whatever the hell I, that is? I'm, I'm hoping it's an odd thing rather than a, than a road thing because <laughs> after after London, they have, what, five of their next six on the road? So uh, I'm, I'm really hoping for the uh, former rather than the latter. If this was a 16-game season, would we just write the Titans off as an 8-8 eight and eight team right now? I, that's what Kevin Byard said. Kevin Byard said, look, you know, we're winning one, then we're losing one. And I don't know how good the math department is at MTSU, but it seems to be pretty sound because yeah. he said that that ends up being eight and nine or nine and eight. <laughs> and the <laughs> amount that they rely on field goals, it feels like a very Jeff Fishery type season. I mean, yeah, Nick Folk's excited, right? When he got the call from the Titans, he's like, hell yeah, I'm going to kick a ton of field goals this year. <laughs> Jeez. Also, I'm headed to MTSU today, so that's good. They're playing on oh, yeah. for season. Uh, oh. I don't know. Well, your we, son, had, does, we had. Does your son play there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Redshirt freshman, second so. string, uh, long snapper. So number fifty-four. Well, on the a, this is a big, big Blue Raiders podcast. We had Big Joe on a couple weeks ago, the voice of uh, the the MTSU Blue Raiders. So. He and uh, Chip Walters do a great job. I love those guys. They're fun yeah, people. Yeah. I don't yeah. know where they would come down on the odd or road thing though. <laughs> well, Brent, we'll uh, last, or later. yeah last thing before you go uh, obviously the uh it was the offense a couple of weeks ago scoring or uh, racking up only 94 yards uh in cleveland and then it was uh the defense this past week um what are we thinking for this week special teams is nick folk gonna miss a game-winning field goal at the end and i have a hard time thinking the Titans can win this game man i I think it's bad news that Baltimore dropped seven passes and three touchdowns. I think it's bad news that Baltimore lost a division game. I think it's bad news that they lost to the Steelers. I, I think it's bad news that they're three and two because they're better than that. Um, I think it's bad news that they left on Monday and the Titans are leaving not only Thursday, but after practice on Thursday. Got to get that practice nice. session in before we hit that plane. Yeah, um, of course. And I think it's bad news that we don't know what to get from the Titans. I re- you know what? I mean, like, how do you analyze this team after five weeks? Yeah. They're so unpredictable. And you know as well as I do, coaches like to know what is going on on the field. The Colts matchup was a good one. It should have been a good one. They gave up 164 yards rushing the week before. Tennessee unable to run the football, really, in any consistent level. I will say this. For the first time this year, I felt like Ryan Tannehill stayed in the pocket and took hits and still delivered the ball. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, we saw what he is, what he can be. It's funny. It made me think about the offseason where a lot of Titans fans were like, why would you sign this guy? Free agent wide receivers never work out. He's old. He's going to be decrepit out there. He's not going to produce. And now you see he's not only the best receiver on the Titans roster. By the way, y'all seen Traylon Burks lately? No, I'm worried um, about him, Brent. Oh, yeah. But he's one of the better guys to me in, in the AFC. So um, we've learned that. The offensive line was better. Hey. No credited sacks to any of the offensive linemen. They did give up a sack, but they put that one on Tannehill. Um, yeah. So props. O-line. All right. Great hey. job. Yeah. Hey, and uh, Kyle Kyle Phillips had as much uh, offensive output as Mason Kinsey. How about that? Hey. Hey. Why are we Why are we clapping for that? We should. I don't be know. I don't that. know. I thought. I thought. I just we were, feel like I clapping. Know. I just I'm 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 in a world of hurt right now. I don't know what to think. Uh, just like just like our guy Brent Doherty. Brent, dude, we love you every freaking uh, weekday afternoon. One hundred four five. The zone three HL. We appreciate you taking the time. You're heading to Murfreesboro uh, right now, right? You're you're heading yep. down there. Okay, heading down there. We'll All right, see. Well, Brent. Where's we the appreci- Where's the logo? That. Right there. There it is. is. Yeah. Look at that. 
Look at All that. Right. An empty polo on. Support stock, man. I'm I'm down. All right. Well, you've got you've got the full support of the Tighten Up podcast uh, when Mike Vrabel inevitably gets fired and your name is thrown into the ring for head coach. Yeah, I'll try to win on even weeks too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. please. Just that works every odd even, just make it consistent. That's all we ask. Yeah. Consistently well, they are good consistent. or consistently bad. If nothing else, they are consistent. <laughs> consistently inconsistent. That's the 2023 Tennessee Titans. Thank you so much, Brent. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. The only thing worse than having to watch the Titans play football on Sundays is having to wake up early to watch the Titans play football on Sundays. Oh, and now, come here, on. Here we are as the Titans take to foggy London town and they get to play the Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, and Jack, I don't know about you, but I feel oddly confident in this team's ability to win. Because, look, if the Ravens just dropped a game, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team with a million time worse offense than the Tennessee they're, Titans. The like, Steelers are like the JV Titans. They're they're worse, I in my opinion. Look, they've got a great defense. And uh look, TJ Watt is nothing to mess with. He is incredible. He is better than any defensive player on the Titans roster, including Big Jeff. No offense, Big Jeff. But the the, the Steelers offense, take Todd Downing and multiply him by like 15. And you got uh, Matt uh, Canada, Matt Canada. And then look, it and if Titans fans that love to complain about Ryan Tannehill, imagine having Kenny Pickett as your quarterback. You would you rather have Kenny Pickett or Ryan Tannehill? You, Jack Gender, I'm asking you, a guy who loves to push Ryan Tannehill in front of trains oh. every week. Would you rather have Kenny Pickett, Tiny Hands, Burger King commercial, Kenny Pickett, or would you rather have Ryan Tannehill? Well, I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill right now. Wow. Okay. We're marking that. We're marking that. Not totally okay. fair to ask that question. No, no I'm going to save that. I'm saving that clip. How young Pickett is, but yeah, Tannehill right now. But let's look, let's look forward to the other quarterback in the equation this coming week, and that's Lamar Jackson. Lamar's really struggled against the Titans, you know, in two regular season games. Lamar has averaged 93 yards passing per game. He hadn't even thrown over 100 yards through the air against the Titans in two regular season games. Now, the playoffs are a little bit different, but, you know, again, one and one there. So the Titans have really done a nice job bottling him up. And, and you know, on the ground even, he's only ran for 36 and a half yards against the Titans in the regular season. So, yeah. Every time the Titans play against the Ravens, they've got a good plan for Lamar. It's all about what you said earlier. It's not allowing that big play, that big 50, 60, 70-yard run from Lamar down the sidelines. It's it's building a wall like Vrabel's been talking about, containing yeah. the edge, not letting him get outside, and also you know staying home in the middle. We saw the Titans get gashed down the middle this past week. I yeah. guarantee you that doesn't happen twice in a row. Now, I say that hoping that T.R. Tart and Jeffrey Simmons are available, but They've got a good plan for Lamar, and it's it's an empty the tank week. Look, you got the buy next yeah. week. There's no no reason to hold anything back. Empty right. it all. Play your best football heading into the buy. Worry about those bruises, bumps, and scratches next week. This week, go out and beat London. My my concern is what I brought up to Brent is the travel. Like the Titans aren't even going to be in London long enough to have I, bangers yeah. and mash. They're not even going to have bangers and mash in London. 
I don't even know what that is. I am assuming it's it's beans on toast. I don't know. I look. I made fun of beans <laughs> and toast in my uh, in my uh, Titans Colts recap video this week for Cork Baths, and uh, I had at London's uh, at London Titan. I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Titans fan that's in London, obviously, given the name. He uh, he was like, hey, we will not accept any beans on toast slander. I think that's oh. something that they like. That's a dish that they enjoy in England. I would news to me. I, I thought that was like, I thought it was universal that we all agreed that like, that's a kind of a gross food. I've got um, kind of a hot take here and, and hear me out. And I want to hear oh from no. the listeners here as well. Oh no. I think baked baked beans are acceptable 24 seven. There isn't a bad time for baked beans. Look, I don't, I'm, I'm team beans for sure. I like baked beans. Um, look, they're the magical fruit, you know, the more you eat them, the more you too. The more you eat. Oh, what? No, I was going to say the more you get full, dude. What the hell? Oh, yeah, fibers. Why, why are you talking about farting on this podcast, man? Uh, no, the and I I don't so I'm I'm always for beans, but beans on bread? Is that just I just to me is that weird? Toast. Beans on toast. Have you had beans on toast? Okay, yes, and that but not intentionally. Like you know how you <laughs> Not intentionally. Would you spill the beans on the toast? Whoa. You know how when you order from like a barbecue restaurant and you, they they like to lay down that little that that white bread under yeah yeah so sometimes the, sometimes the beans get on the white bread and sometimes I I eat them at the same time and it works. So you mean to tell me like you're you're basically telling me you're British right now? No, but I think the Brits could learn a thing or two about how to do the beans from the south. <laughs> So you're saying you're saying just mix in a little barbecue with your beans and toast, Brits, and you'll be you'll be just fine. Yeah, some pork, maybe throwing some pork chunks in there, or some bacon, whatever you want to do to spice it up a little. But you know, okay. the Brits will never consider something like that. I hope the Titans are more ready for London than we are. <laughs> the Brits are more like a they're like Mike Malarkey when it comes to their dishes. Their cuisine, right? There's not a whole yeah. lot to it. You kind of know what's coming. It's going to be the same thing every game. So that, that's so. If any of y'all are going over there, I'd the, like I'd like a beans and toast review. Going back to the Lamar Jackson discourse, I feel like the Titans. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, they have bottled him up, even in playoff games. They haven't allowed him to run the ball very well, which kind of takes one of his biggest threats away from him. Um, if you know, I like, I'm okay. Letting Lamar Jackson beat you through the air. Now he has gotten better than that over, you know, over the last, you know, couple of seasons. But to me, I think if you, if he can, if you can not let him beat you on the ground, like he has, look, if you think about it in the two playoff games against him, it was really only one play that did the Titans in now, mm-hmm. granted, that's like saying, you know, Aside from the bullet that went through Abe Lincoln's head, he had a great time at the play. But <laughs> I, the Titans, to me, like they do a good job of bottling up Lamar Jackson, and I think that if they can just do that, I don't know. I feel I feel confident in their ability. Like you said, though, the one thing that I get hung up on is the travel schedule. And for Mike Vrabel to say, well, you know, I don't think the travel had anything to do with us missing that two-point conversion against the Chargers. The Chargers left at the same time you did on that trip last last time. Okay? They didn't have a, an advantage of staying 
you know, staying the entire week. The Jaguars looked extremely competent against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Elite. Bills looked dead. They looked like they were sleepwalking on that field. I watched the entire game. It was very frustrating to watch because I was like, the, what happened to the Bills that were like hanging 40 points on everyone? Like what happened to the Buffalo Bills defense that was stopping the Miami Dolphins offense? Mm-hmm. And what, to your point, to your to your point about the Lamar thing and the big play, giving up the big play on defense, I think the offense is a little accountable for that too because at some point you got to build a cushion. Like even the best defenses are going to have bad weeks last week and, and they're going to allow big plays every week. But the offense has to do a job of not letting that one big play on defense break their backs. Score multiple touchdowns in a game. I promise it's legal. Just just try it one time. Yeah. Oh gosh, it is it's so frustrating. It, it's so frustrating. I'll go back to that Austin Stanley tweet from a couple weeks ago. It's so frustrating how the Titans how the Titans make having a competent offense looks so hard and look, and they look that I'm saying that with them looking great last week, they looked great. They just stall in the red zone, which is very frustrating. They just can't punch it in the closer they get to the goal line, which to me is, I, that feels so weird to say, but I, if they can just, just plug the leaks, plug the leaks in the dam Titans. Just, I know you got your finger in one hole and out pops another hole. Plug that one. Maybe use your toe to plug one. Just find That's ways. Only, to only if you're freaky. Holes. Oh, you're only going to put a toe in a hole if you're getting a little freaky. Okay. That this, this just got weird. Jack, uh, we need to get out of here on that note. Uh, <laughs> follow us at Titan up pod on Twitter at Titan up podcast on Instagram. Um, look, you get, get all great Titans content shared to your feed. Um, you always want, if you're a Titans fan, you want your feed filled with Titans, great Titans content. And I feel like that's what, uh, well, uh, not to toot our own horn, but that's what we provide. You can also follow Jack on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry. You can follow myself at Austin Huff. And of course, follow A to Z Sports on all things social. Jack, do you got anything for the road? Yeah, I think it's okay to start being rude to opposing fans again. The holding the door no! thing didn't work this past week. Yeah, okay. I no, no, I I agree to disagree. I think not enough people held doors open for Colts fans. How about that? Okay, but if it doesn't work this week, we've got to reevaluate our model. Deal. Okay. Hold a, hold right, the door open doors. for a Ravens fan. Hold, hold the doors door one open last for time. a Ravens fan, all right? Hold the door for a Ravens fan. You see them go out of their way. Go out of their way. If you see them walking into a building, run ahead of them and and hold the door open for them. Let's And you can flick them do- off behind their back. They won't see it. Yeah, maybe under a jacket or something. Just yeah, be very, yeah, yeah. Just don't, it. don't, don't. Yeah, we don't want to be blatant about it. Like we, we don't want it to be picked up by a security camera, you know, because then that stuff tends to go viral. So, um, just, just hold the door open for a Ravens fan this week. All right, and bangers and mash. Hopefully, the Titans will come back from from uh, London with a W, and then next week we'll have a bye week sewed. Where who knows what we'll do? Maybe we'll. Do get you know Mike how Keith fired up I'll be if we're three and three heading into a bye week? I'm. That's a dream. That was a dream before the season started, wasn't it? If the if the Titans are three and three heading into a bye week, that's two weeks of feeling great. All right, and the bye week comes on an odd week, and we know how the Titans fare on odd weeks. So it really starts setting setting the Titans up for greatness here coming up. So oh man, Jack, get it done this week. It's smooth. Now you got me feeling good about. I know why the early on a Sunday. 
Why are the hairs oh on my, my arms standing up if at the end of the they can come back. Look, two and four is not terrible because we said that at the beginning of the season. Two and four is not terrible. Yeah, but but it's a loser mentality, I will say. Even though I'm a part of it, I'm guilty of it. Yeah, it is a loser mentality. You got me on this train. The Probably the same train you want to hit with uh, Ryan Tannehill with. But three and three? Oh, baby. Might as well start engraving the Titans' name on the Lombardi right there. Let's go. All right. Come on. Let's go. Let's, hey, let's come home from London with a W. All right. Dude. What's the exchange rate for one W in England? Huh? Is it is it two W's here? I don't know. Let's find it out. Until next week. With all of that said, until next week. Tighten up. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.